Thank you for your presence. The Bible tells us that if we say we love God, whom we have not seen, but hate our brother whom we see every day, the truth is not in us. And if the God's truth in its entirety is not in us, we are not genuinely saved. We can have Christian symbols on our cars, wear Christian symbols, quote scripture, pray eloquently, and sing hymns and spiritual songs. But if we are not continuously living and applying God's word in our lives, we are not genuinely saved. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us today. Turn with us to 1 John, toward the end of the Bible. You get to it fast if you go from Revelation and go, go backwards from there. Revelation and go backwards. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And there you will find these words. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the words of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. From this particular passage, we want to preach this morning the test of true fellowship. The test of true fellowship. Allow me to transition now to the purpose of First John. The purpose of First John. The purpose of First John is to expose false teachers and to give believers assurance of salvation. The purpose of First John is to expose those false teachers that was lurking around, taking advantage of the church, and to give believers the assurance of their salvation. First John was also written to refute the destructive teachings of the Gnostics by stressing the reality of the incarnation and the emptiness of profession without practice. These antichrists fail the three tests of righteous living, love for the brethren, belief that Jesus is the Christ, and that Jesus is the incarnate God-man. The major theme in 1 John is fellowship with God. The ma major theme in 1 John is fellowship with God. John wanted his readers to have assurance of the indwelling God through their abiding relationship with him. 1 John 2.28 says, And now, little children, abide. Abide means to live in, remain in. Abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. In chapter 1, the author, who is the apostle John, does not give his name or title. There is no greeting. There is no salutation, which you will find in many of the other New Testament epistles. What John has to say is so important that he gets right to the point without all of that. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Let's focus on that verse. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Beloved, the gospel 
when believed and received, produces eternal life and joy. When you believe the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you receive him into your heart, believing in his death, burial, and resurrection, reflecting a life of what you say you believe, then joy will be evident because of your relationship with Christ. Joy is not something that you can produce in and of yourself. I think I'll just manufacture or concoct to me some joy. Doesn't happen like that. It comes only through fellowship with Christ. Let me give you a definition, a critical definition of what joy is. Because some people are confused about this business of joy. And I want to settle the issue right now. So, what is joy? What is, what is joy? Joy is an inner divine gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and not dependent upon things or circumstances. I reiterate, that, that's so critical. I'll repeat it again. Joy is an inner divine gladness and deep-seated pleasure only given by God and not dependent upon things or circumstances. That's why people get all confused. They think because they get a new watch, a new ring, a diamond, this, or a nice house, they think they have joy. But my friend, a brand new house can't give you joy. They'll, married couples get a brand new uh, $500,000 house and fight like cats and dogs. No joy. Matter of fact, you, they'll, they'll run out of the house. No joy. A new home can't give you joy. A new dog can't give you joy. You can get the best bred dog and still not have joy. Psalm 68.3 also says, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice. Not just rejoice, but rejoice exceedingly. Exceedingly joyful. Let's park right there. To rejoice exceedingly is to rejoice intensely. It is to rejoice greatly. You don't just kind of have joy. It's not a little tidbit joy, not a small, tiny, teeny, tiny joy. You have great joy that people cannot miss in your life. Sadly, there is an absence of joy in many believers' lives today. You look at their lives, they look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. They all frowned up, their lips poked out, they, they, they just look mean and honorary and cantankerous and you don't know where to say good morning or good evening to them. An absence of joy. If you say you have Jesus living in your soul, then where is the joy of the Lord in your life? 1 John 1, 4 says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full, full of joy. Joy that runs over till people can't miss it. They gravitate to you because they're miserable. They, they, their lives are in a mess and you've got something they want and they come to you. Why are you the way you are? Whatever you got, I want it. But there are some joy killers, and I want to give you a few of them. There are some things that will just wipe out your joy or keep you from getting it. Why do so many believers not possess joy? 
Now, we're, suppo- we're supposed to have joy. That your joy may be full. We're supposed to have joy. But when I look at some people in the church, I've been passing this church almost 33 years now, this coming May. And I've been passing in this city, you know, almost 40 years. And I've seen some people, when I see them coming, they bad news coming. I mean, oh, my goodness. And they say, I'm saved. I said, where's the sign? Look at your lips. Look at your eye. You meaning you? Why do so many believers not possess joy? Let me give you a number of them. And this is not a comprehensive list, but it's enough for you to get the point. No relationship with Christ. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll not have joy. Unmet goals, goals you you established for yourself, they were reasonable goals, but for whatever reason you didn't meet them, and you're just miserable because here again, you, you made goals on January 1, and we're just in the second month of the year, and you've already, you don't even know what your goal is. No, uh, next one is backslidden, a backslidden condition. You're so far from God that you, you don't have joy. The farther away from God you are, the less joy you'll have manifested and revealed in your life. If you want joy, you have to draw near to Jesus. You know why some people don't, some Christians don't have joy? It's because of jealousy. They're just jealous. They're jealous of the people who look, how they dress. They're jealous of folk intellectual abilities. They're jealous of folk's skill set. They're jealous because folk look a little bit better. They're je- jealous because people have a little bit more. Some folk, are, some men are jealous of their wives. Some wives are jealous of their husbands. So, I mean, the jealousy all over the place. Some churches are jealous of other churches. Some pastors are jealous of other pastors. You got jealousy all over the place. Jealousy can lead to murder. That's right. Cain slew Abel because of jealousy. Saul attempted to killed David a number of times because of jealousy. You, you got to deal with a spirit of jealousy. Jealousy because you don't have enough power. Jealousy because you don't have enough influence. Jealousy because you don't have enough status. Just, just jealous. Jealous of, jealous of somebody else's position. Why is it that, that people don't have joy? Believers in particular, financial bondage. I mean, you, you spend yourself crazy. Every dime you get, you can't save nothing. Whatever you get in, it goes out. You have nothing to account, to account for. I mean, you, you, you're almost 60 years old and you're still bankrupt. Something is wrong with that picture. You don't have a budget. You say, what is that? You don't have no splendid plan, but you wonder why you're always broke. You know why people don't have joy? It's because of a competitive spirit. They're always trying to outdo somebody. I'm trying to outdress somebody, outtalk somebody, outsing somebody, outperform somebody, out out intellectualize somebody. You know, you know they get just you know, outdress somebody. A competitive spirit to be first, to be the best, and, and you're miserable. You know why some folks don't have joy in the church because of anger. They are angry. They're angry at God. They're angry at themselves. They're angry at others. The spirit of anger has just overtaken their lives. Some folk are angry and don't even know why they're angry. They just live in a perpetual state of anger, which results in ulcers, uh, headaches, migraines, heart attacks, sleeplessness, and, and everything else. 
Uh, people don't have joy because of sickness. I'm just so sick. I have arthritis. I have this. I got migraine. I got this. And they let everybody know they're sick. Sometimes you hate to see them come because they're going to, you say, how you doing? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I need you to pray. My, I got an eye. I got glaucoma here. My toe has gout. My, my, my arm, my rotator cuff is acting up. Uh, my brother is sick. My, my, my daughter is kind of shaky. My husband not quite well. And then you say, oh, my goodness. You couldn't get a word in. It's just a whole bad news case. You know, some folk don't have joy because of a sinful lifestyle, a sinful life. If you have secret sins in your life, you will not prosper and you will not have joy. Sin, unconfessed sin will cause you not to have joy. And that's, that's why we're here. God wants to purge you to do spiritual surgery on you so that you can have joy. You can't laugh in a sinful lifestyle. And if you are laughing at sin, it's because you're sinful. Some folks don't have joy because of pain. Because of pain. There are times I've been in pain up here and I preach my way through. There are times I've been sick and I was, oh, y'all, I'm so sick today. Will y'all pray for me as I get through this message? Now, I can say that. I have a right to say that. But you say, why don't you say it so we can pray for you? Because I don't want the tension to be on me. Because I want it to be on Christ. I don't want you so concerned about me that you missed the message that God wants to speak through me. You know, so I don't advertise everything. And if I'm up here miserable with my bad news report every day, you say, you know what? I can't listen to him. He's got more problems than me. (laughs) Join us on Sunday, July 18th for Youth Emphasis Day. You will be extremely blessed on this special occasion as you witness Maranatha's youth lead and conduct Maranatha services, beginning with Sunday school at 9 a.m., followed by our worship celebration at 10 a.m. You, you, you know why folks don't have joy? Because of pessimism. They're just pessimistic. They got, you know, if it's some bad news, if it's gloom and doom, they're going to find it. Others don't, don't have joy because of worry. They worry about a lot of things. The children worry about flying. They worry about disease, the vaccine, uh, corona. They worry about this and that. Then some are fearful. They, have, they fear everything. That's why they can't get out the house. That's why they are paralyzed. You know? And it's amazing. I want to tell you something. And then some folks stay away from the church because they fear catching COVID. They say, well, there's too many people. I don't, I don't know if I want to c- come and subject myself. Well, you, you, everyone has to manage their own risk, and you do what the Lord leads you to do. We don't ever want to pressure anybody here. We will wait gladly until you come. But I want to serve notice on you today. You cannot come to Maranatha and still get COVID. Look how quiet he got. Is that amen? Yeah, you, you don't have to get COVID at Maranatha. Somebody can just walk in your house, can be a cousin, a brother, a sister. You, y'all in lines at H-E-B and doctor's offices. I don't know where all y'all going. And y'all, y'all, folk coming to your house, fixing on stuff and doing all this, coughing all over you. I can't come to church. You're fearful. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Yeah, but I just want to let you, I'm just reasoning with you. Not pressuring anybody to come before the time. 
And I'm very sensitive of folk condition and underlying conditions. We're not talking about that. We understand that. But I want to let you know that you are to respect COVID, but don't walk around in fear and allow it to paralyze your life. You, do you not know you can be so COVID conscious? Listen at this. Until, let's say if it lasts two years, you can lose two years of your life because of fear of COVID. You've done absolutely nothing. You can't retrieve those two years and they're gone. Your life had no purpose. You just, you shut yourself up. You did so little. You couldn't dream. You couldn't do a garden. You wouldn't take a run. You couldn't, you just, you just froze. Froze. And then when you look around, COVID's gone and you've lost two years of your life. And you know what? You can't get it back. You have to learn how to live through crisis. You ought to say amen to that. You have to ask, ask God to manage your risk, learn how to live through crisis, and be not dismayed well, be tied. God will take care of you. Don't you know you could have been in that 500,000 that didn't make it, but you here today? We have been in-person worship and live stream doing both since May of 2020. And thank God up to now we've not had a breakout. We haven't had any of those things. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. If God doesn't keep you, you won't be kept. Even when you get the vaccine, if God doesn't keep you, that vaccine won't keep you. It's, it's God who has kept you. It's God. I want to say it again until they get in your spirit. It's God who is keeping you. It's God who is protecting you. It's God who's directing you. You live and move forward and trust in the Lord and keep your eyes on Jesus and don't live in fear, but walk by faith and not by sight. You know why folk don't have joy? It's because of hate. They're hateful. Hate. Hate other races. I mean, listen, if you got an ounce of, of racial prejudice in you, that's an ounce too much. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made, created in the image of God. And when he created us, he said it was very good. Very good. Now people, turn, they, people, now, people are throwing this term around racism. He's a racist. She's a racist. A, they're just throwing around like nothing. It's really lost its meaning because everything's a racist now. You know, you, you roll, you, you, you play marbles, and you know, they find something, they cancel that out. You're racist. You, do, you, you, play, you, you, know, you play basketball. You know, you, you're racist. You do everything. We tag that to everything. It's, it's lost its meaning now. We just throw terms around flippantly and we buy into the culture. I want to screen my own children's books. I don't need folk canceling out stuff for me. Let me cancel out of my family what I want to cancel out. Won't y'all say amen? <laughs> hate, just hate. Folk hate. It's a terrible thing to hate. I'll be talking about that later on more in depth. Hate will kill you. And hate is equivalent, according to 1 John, to murder. That's how serious it is. It's likened to murder. 
You know why folk don't have joy? Because of self-defeat. And the worst defeat is self-defeat. Your enemy don't defeat you. Satan don't defeat you. You defeat yourself. And then your joy goes. You know why you don't have joy? It's because being immersed, being immersed in bad news. Just live in it. Bad news. You know why you can't have joy? Because of being a people pleaser. God doesn't call you to please people. He called you to please Christ. You can't ever do enough to please people. You can sacrifice for people, do all you can, and they'll still turn around and walk away from you. They can hate you as much as they love you. You know why folk don't have joy? Because of a judgmental spirit. Well, she's saying that, so she sure can't say it. Why is she up again? When are they going to get that microphone right? That usher, she dropped all the envelopes. Well, won't you usher and make sure you don't drop them? Just judge everything. Judge everything. Addictions will take away your joy. Addictions. Addicted to alcohol. Addicted to talking too much. To gossip. To texting. To emailing. Social media. Mm -hmm. Negative thoughts. Caffeine. Sugar. Sports. Anger. Anger. Hamburgers, french fries, Cokes, potato pie, rice and gravy. You sugar yourself to death. You know you got diabetes. Borderline. Eat a half a pie. You know you're sick. The doctor told you what you can't have. And you're still eating. You're about to go blind. Depression can kill your joy. And you know what else kills your joy? A bad spirit. Ooh, a bad spirit. I don't like being around people with a bad... You know, it don't take long to to identify a bad spirit. I'm going to tell you something else, too. These children know when your spirit is bad. They don't even want to be around you. They're scared of you. They run from you. Babies don't even like you. (laughs) You got a bad spirit. It's bad when children won't come to you. Bad bad spirit. Creating me a clean heart. I want want a right spirit. Renewing me a a right spirit. I want a right spirit. You can pick up that spirit when when you're in the Holy Spirit. Now, let's transition. And then we'll be done. I'm going to get as far as I can. I labeled on that a little bit longer, but that's okay. You needed everything the Lord gave. What is the source of the believer's joy? What is the source of the believer's joy? I'll see how far we can get. What is the source of the believer's joy? Number one, possessing fellowship with the father and his son brings joy. Possessing fellowship with the father and his son brings joy. 1 John 1, 4 says, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. The joy of the Lord comes from possessing a personal relationship with Christ. You cannot have fellowship with God until you first have fellowship with Christ. You want fellowship with God the Father? You must first have fellowship with God the Son. Secondly, victory over sin brings joy. Victory over sin, temptation, and the world brings joy. 
Victory over sin, temptation, and the world brings joy. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? My friend, anyone who loves the world disobeys, shuns, and suppresses the word of God is destined for defeat, disaster, and destruction. I say it again. Anyone who loves the world, disobeys God, shuns and suppresses the word of God, is destined for defeat, disaster, and destruction, whereas trusting Christ and obeying his words give believers victory over the world, victory over temptation, and victory over Satan, victory over death, and victory over hell. Beloved, loving this world system will short-circuit the power of God within you. I say it again. Loving this world system will short-circuit the power of God within you. Either the world has overcome you or you have overcome the world. Which is it? Which is it? Either the world has overcome you or you have overcome the world. Which is it? Number three, repentance brings joy. Repentance brings joy. Luke 15, 7 and 10 says, I say to you, that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner. One sinner rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God gets excited about sinners that repent and get right with God. The reason so many believers and churches alike are in spiritual regression. The reason so many churches and believers are declining, so many churches are deceived and in confusion and depressed, so many people in the church are suicidal, is because of a lack of repentance and transformation. Say repentance. Repent. Say repent. repent. Say transformation. transformation. Say repent. repent. Say transformation. That's what the church needs, repentance and transformation in the Lord's church. The Bible tells us that there is no assurance of salvation apart from obedience to God's word, for his word alone gives us that assurance. We must trust in the Lord with all our hearts and acknowledge him in all our ways. Only then can we say we are genuinely saved. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, direction to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.